One, two, three. Do it. Oh, Edition of the Scolders Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Brown. Marco with me as always. My compatriot, my good friend, my fellow politician, Mike Anderson. That's right. Oh, man. In case you've been living under a rock, last week, election day, we took a pause, so we didn't get to talk about the Green Bay game, which went the way we all thought it was going to. Well, we predicted it. We did. You and yeah. I did. Um, you know. I mean, yeah, we, we said those words. I don't think we believed that that, was, that <laughs> result was possible. Um, yeah. But that happened. Um, and we won't get into politics here, but if, you, if, you, if you've been living under a rock, guess what? There was an election last week. Some stuff happened. Some votes were cast. There's, yep. there's still... It's probably going to be going on for the next couple months, so we're not going to get into it much. Um <laughs> But the thing well, that the are charade, sure. the charade is going to go on for the next couple months. But yes, yes, the, the the charade and the parade of charades. Um, but it's over, Johnny. The Vikings. <clears throat> um, so last week played the Lions at historic U.S. Bank Stadium and Landscaping. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love it. That's, that's, I didn't even know that was coming. Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how can you not laugh at that? Um, anyway. Vikings played the Lions, and uh, one thing that is certain is Matt Patricia will still have a job even though he should not. <laughs> um, Vikings kind of throw all the Lions here, and, and the Lions were able to put together a couple good drives, but I, I don't think this game really felt like it was out of control at all. I mean, Delvin just had another day. Um, Kirk didn't have to do much. So, um, very solid game defensively, I think, for the Vikings. Um, put together a couple nice, nice, uh, nice games from um, Eric Wilson for one. Balled out. Uh, you had Gladney yep. go out there and ball out. So, um, pretty nice, solid game. We continue to see development on this this defense, and this is with like third and fourth string cornerbacks that you picked up at the Seven Eleven down the street. So. Yep. Um, Mike, what do we, what do we do with this team? Well, I mean, I, th- I think let me a, a couple things to piggyback. Um, you know, the Lions, a, a, a game that I actually picked in my pick'em, the Lions to win outright. Um, now, part of that has just been I can't seem to peg this team this year. Uh, but Minnesota jumps out by 13 after the first quarter. They're up 10 in, at half, 17 going into the fourth, and they end up coasting to win by 14. A game, you're right, never felt close. Uh, Dalvin did what he wanted. I think he had over 200. Um, he leads the league in almost every rushing stat imaginable, and he still has missed, what, a game and a half or two games mm-hmm. um, compared to other running backs. So uh, Cousins was efficient. 
you saw Irv Smith have his best statistical game, probably had a couple touchdowns. Um, he's been a hell of a player though, down the stretch. We touched on that last podcast. He's been blocking a little bit more, getting more involved. Um, Justin Jefferson, a few catches, dealing a few catches. I mean, they, they just got everybody involved offensively. All right. It, it was just a methodical offense. No matter what they did, it seemed to work. Madison had a few good carries. Uh, and then defensively, you know, it's the first time we've seen signs of a defense this year, right? Mm-hmm. They came out and, and uh, I think, yeah, you know, Kendrick's obviously great game. Gladney stepped up, is, is starting to get better. Obviously, the safety play is, is uh, fantastic. And, and then you look at Eric Wilson having a game much like he did in Seattle, a game we should have won um, with an interception playing fantastic. So, yeah, what do we do? Because all of a sudden you're three and five. Right, you're still you're still a couple games out of the playoffs, but you're staring at the schedule in front of you. Uh, you know, which I don't have right now, but obviously it includes. You still have the Bears twice, a Bears team that has looked like they've fallen off a cliff. Uh, now, granted, we've struggled against Chicago. That's where we play this week. We're going to touch on that in the prediction segment here in a little bit. We go to Chicago Monday night. You got a lot of things going against you. It's prime time. It's on the road. It's it's against the Bears. It is what it is. We'll get there. But you look at you have the likes of I think Dallas, Jacksonville, Carolina, Chicago twice, um, Tampa Bay, who just got absolutely blown out. Now, of course, you got to play. I think do we still play New Orleans as well? Correct at New Orleans. So we still play a New Orleans team. Granted, a team we're familiar with and we've won before. But, you know, you have five losses right now. you got to imagine nine and seven is absolutely going to get you into the playoffs with seven teams. Um, so well, is, there, and, and possibly is there a way? Teams. Possibly eight, yeah, if they move to right. Um, so you look at that, that means that you've got to go – uh, my math would say what six and two the rest of the way. If this team plays football like it has the last two weeks, is it feasible with the schedule in front of them to go six and two? I think it's you can definitely make an argument to say yes, this team can go six and two the rest of the way with the schedule in front of them. But we were just talking before the show. This team also lost to an 0-5 Atlanta team. It was unable to get a half a yard and then gave up a drive to Russ. It was unable to close out a Tennessee game. So what what team are we going to get going forward? Do you, do you rely on the momentum of two games in a row, including a road victory at Green Bay? Or do you think that now this week they lay a dud and Chicago comes out and we lose a game 45-10? to 10? <laughs> You know, They're all over the map. You know... And, and it's funny you bring which team we're going to get because I think I think that's been a mantra here for the last however many years. It always seems like it's a dichotomy you get with this uh, with this franchise. It's not like they're always playing close and maybe maybe you lose on a couple plays, and then the rest of the games you look like yourself. I mean, just looking back, we're, we're halfway through the season right now. Looking back, you come out against Green Bay, a game that really is not as close as that that score was, which is fine. No. Okay. You had very young rookies. This is their first game time. This is the the COVID off season. They're not going to get the kind of the kind of reps they need to get to get prepared for that. Fine, okay. Willing to write that one off. You go and you get absolutely throttled by the Colts. That's purely inexcusable. You get throttled by Philip Rivers and the Colts. I don't I don't understand that at all. Then you go and you play Tennessee Titans Colts, and then you go take care of business against the Texans. Then you like you said you play Seattle Seahawks. And you like you have three shots to win, and you can't do it. And then you know, 
Everyone, everyone says the immediately once I bring this up that it's some weird excuse, but I don't think it is. There's a, there's an emotional component to football, and we played Sunday night against the Seattle Seahawks in a very close game, which we lost, and then we go and we we absolutely lay an absolute egg against Atlanta, and you look at 2017, we played a very close game that went to overtime against New Orleans and won. And then we go out and we lay an absolute dead against Philadelphia. I think there's something there to that because there's no other connection there that makes any sense. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it it still begs the question of, I think every one of, uh, Vikings fans, you see it across Twitter right now, right? It's, it's, uh, we're getting traction, right? The engagement, the listens, um, the conversations that we have on a weekly basis uh, kind of ebb and flow with how the team is doing, right? We, we mm-hmm. have a core of listeners that stick with us throughout, but we certainly gain viewership and, and interactions as the team does well and you lose it as they do bad, it, right? It makes sense. But yep. right now you're at this <laughs> weird crossroads where everyone that had written this team off assuming they were going to lose to Green Bay and that was going to be the nail in the coffin, myself included, mm-hmm. is like, okay, you beat Green Bay. Okay, now you just came and you beat Detroit. And now you look at these next four or five games, and you're like, well, you shouldn't look ahead with this team, which is true. But you, you almost you have to look ahead for hope, right? So right. I, I think for me, where I'm at is is when you look at this team as a whole in their, their recent history, right? We've had... Tennessee championship game going back to 2017. You had a playoff win at New Orleans last year. Um, you've you've had some highs, right? Some obviously not the highest of highs, but you've had some some success. You're you're down Bard. You're down Daniel Hunter, two of your best defensive players. But your defense is starting to round out. We knew offensively this team was going to be good, um, assuming the offensive line could function in, in some semblance of way, which. They're starting to show they can. So where I sit right now is that if Dalvin can stay healthy, big if, but if Dalvin can stay healthy, I think this team will score points every single week, and they will put up enough points to keep them in games. And if the defense can just continue to grow, you, you talked about Gladney getting better. You talked about that D-line getting some some inside pressures. You, you've got guys that are seeing that opportunity that have really had a hard time to get in because of Daniel Hunter, because of Anthony Barr, um, because of all these, the Mike Hughes, some of these guys. Guess what? Now it's their time, and it might be the only time they have to come in and prove that they're an NFL player. I think if these guys can really embrace that and play together as a defensive unit, uh, with the schedule we have, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a little page out of your book and i'm gonna go optimistic here that they're gonna make this thing interesting and they're gonna battle back to at least 500 uh in the next three four weeks yeah it's it's interesting how how much a couple weeks in the nfl is worth because i mean dallas after the first couple weeks we kind of knew where that was where that was tracking and then you saw andy dalton and you saw how bad that offense is without Dak. so we understand what dallas is i think we have a good idea they just lost, I think, Trevon Diggs for the year. With oh, really? If if not the year, I know it was like four or six weeks, something like that. He broke his arm or something like that. Um, and then you look at Chicago Bears. They start off what? They start off five and five and oh, five and one, something like that. 
Uh, 5-0, and oh, I want to say. So you look at those Bears, and then all of a sudden now you actually dig into that, and they're like the 30th to 32nd ranked offense in almost every category. Yeah. So they look drastically different. Carolina Panthers just played a close game, but, I mean, they are not without flaws. It looks like Christian McCaffrey might be um, hurt again with the shoulder, so who knows where he's going to be come Week 12. Jacksonville Jaguars, that's a team I think that had a little bit of excitement at the beginning of the year, but that's kind of waned off. I think there's two and six. One and seven. One, one and se- seven. One and seven. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's it's this the way this schedule is shaping up, I, I 100% agree that I think it is, is entirely possible to get back to eight and eight. <clears throat> I don't know what that gets you. And I think I think you nailed it. It all hinges on the defense because this offense has proved that it can put up points in in two separate ways, right? So it can go out there and it can throw down, you know, ten catches for 175 and three touchdowns for Justin Jefferson, and it's shown that it can throw out 200 yards and four touchdowns for um, Delvin Cook. So. I, I don't I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's it's this team is going to be an interesting team, and if this defense continues to grow and we get some of our corners back healthy, um, could be a dangerous team that that teams don't want to play in the playoffs because it, this is the type of team where they get hot at the right moment they they get those those spiky games out of some of their their western known stars like the Eric Wilsons of the world like. Um, your DJ Wanums of the world, you know those guys. If those guys spike in a playoff game, all of a sudden you you can bounce out a second seed pretty damn quick, as a, as a seventh seed, and then that, and that's just dangerous. Right. Well, and I mean, I'm not even, you know, I I, I agree with you, right? And we we see those sorts of games every year. Um. You know, it's it's not. It's not so much that I'm thinking, oh, yeah, maybe they get this weird little uh, run in them, um, including the playoffs. You know, it, it's more, yes, I guess here's here's this, the jump point for me is that I think this is going to be a team that will have relevancy to a playoff picture for the rest of the season. So as a fan, um, you know, outside of all you negative fans that are just going to be like, oh, you know, they're, they're never going to go anywhere in the playoffs. If you're that kind of fan, great. You know, I don't even know why you waste your time if you're that kind of fan, to be honest with you, right? Uh, because how how rare is it to have such confidence in a team that they're they're truly, you know, one of the top Super Bowl contending team? Like, it just doesn't have you. If you're a Chiefs fan, we're happy for you, right? If you're a Patriots mm-hmm. fan for the last 15 years, great. Otherwise... You know, most fan bases come in with optimism, and you don't really know how things are going to shake out with injuries and and guy rookies moving up and down, decisions. We've seen it. The Vikings could easily have a couple more wins right now, and now you flip your record to five and three. It's just it's it's there's a lot going on. So I think for me, initially, this team is going to be relevant the rest of the year. They're going to fight for a playoff spot. But bigger question: a couple weeks ago. Podcasts were all focused on Trevor Lawrence. Who we're gonna? We need a quarterback. Who we're we gonna take with our top five pick? Rebuild, trade Bar, trade you know, trade Harrison, trade Harris. Where do we sit with those conversations? Because as I said, it's an NFC Championship 2017. It's the same coaching staff. You've you've brought in some rookies um, that are presumably going to get better in in Dantzler and and uh, Gladney. You know the Mike Hughes wagon. We'll, we'll see on that one, but. 
um, you still you have some players that are going to start to emerge. You have an offense that clearly is done well. You won a playoff game at New Orleans last year. Uh, you have a, a core that has been there and done that. So is it a delicate balance of some of these guys got to go for cap purposes, but it's not a true rebuild. It's a reload. I hate that. You know, I hate that kind of mantra, but I mean, if this team all of a sudden goes nine and seven and makes the playoffs, clearly you're not in a rebuild at that point. Right. Um, or is it as simple as you just need a new quarterback? <laughs> With Kirk Cousins contract, that is not a simple proposition. So, I, I don't think there's a simple answer to that question specifically. Um, as far as the cap goes, um, I think there's going to be a lot of cap casualties next year. I'm still not sold that the cap is going to end up where they think it's going to be. I don't think the cap is going to end up at 175. I think it's going to be higher than that. They're projecting that right now, but I, I believe, truly believe it's going to end up significantly higher than that. Um, so... I don't think we're in a bad cap position. We're only six and a half over right now for 2021. But you look at what we've seen develop out of this group, and you look at Eric Wilson um, not having Anthony Barr there. Yes, you could say the the linebacker play has gone down, but how do you justify spending 15 million on Anthony Barr on cap dollars when you have an Eric Wilson that seems like he can do most of the things that you're requiring of Anthony Barr, and sometimes in some situations, better than Anthony Barr. So you look at some of that stuff like, okay, so where can we trim money, get younger, and we have, again, we're projected to have, like I think, 11 or 12 picks right now if the comp picks roll out uh, properly for 2021. So there's options here where you can get younger at these positions, save money, and not lose a whole lot of production. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, Riley Reef, he's you're keeping him for 2021. He's played well enough at left tackle. He's your left tackle. So I I, I know you've taken shots at him before, I believe, Riley Reef, but he's he's yes, been phenomenal this year. He's he's been shut down this year, in my opinion, versus other well, left tackles. I, I tell you what, I'll let you. Uh, let's talk after this week. Sure. Because because uh, some of the big issues I had were against the Bills last year, the two games against Chicago. So let, let's see how he fares Monday night if they bring that pressure from the edge. Um, but Reef, Reef restructured, correct? So is he? would we need to re-sign him for next year? Is that what you're hinting at, or is he under contract? Um, he's under contract. What they did is they moved a chunk of his salary in 2021 to a roster bonus. Okay. So basically they, they just made, they made it so the Vikings are forced to make that decision earlier. Um, I think they added more money to it or shifted some money, but his cap number is $14 million next year. I would be surprised if he is not playing for the Vikings under that number next year. Um, or at the very least, you extend him and be like, hey, listen, you had a great year. Uh, we'll keep you a couple more years. We, we don't want to move anyone. I think Ezra Cleveland has been doing phenomenal at that right guard position. So, well, um, you know, I, I, I think you just, I think you just, you keep him around and... You try to keep this thing intact as much as you can. Well, and I mean, that's kind of where I was hinting, right? And and uh, I'm just, I'm not a reef guy. I'm not gonna, I'm never gonna be a reef guy. Just I've seen the, unfortunately, I've seen the turnstile element of it, and I just, I can't get over it. I can't get it out of my mind. But that's a different podcast. 
Um, I think more importantly, what you've hinted at is I thought we were going to be spending the next eight weeks talking about those sorts of things. Who's going out, who's coming in, where we need to rebuild. You know, you have teams like Arizona, Miami that are going to make the playoffs this year and maybe not expect to win a Super Bowl, but expect that like, hey, we're getting these younger players experience. We're going to, they're just going to help us get better for the next year and the year after that. Mm-hmm. Minnesota making the playoffs this year seems like a different feeling, right? It almost feels like, okay, we're going to backdoor our way in with a team that's on a decline and then we might get worse. So is that a, is that the wrong mindset? Like, I mean, I guess, can you spin this to be op- optimistic if this team makes the playoffs and we learn a lot about some of the younger talent that we have on the team and then and then kind of build on that going into next year. I'm sorry, can you repeat the question? I was looking at Brad so, Reef on PFF. So, uh, basically, I think this is, this is different than a younger team making the playoffs for the first or second time and trying to get experience and then gaining optimism for the future. Minnesota right. already has had that success obviously not the the pinnacle but they've had success these players have been there if they get in this year to me it's almost feeling like you're backdooring into an expanded playoff with players that you didn't expect to be playing major roles so is there a way to spin that up optimistically where you can say listen these are guys that we can actually build on and these are areas where we can like you said trim the fat and the fan base can actually you know, think that in the next three years, this could be back to a Super Bowl contending team. Um, I absolutely think so. I, I absolutely, absolutely think that that, that is possible. Um, <clears throat> and I'll say that for, for a couple of reasons, because draft capital is, is basically like buckshot, right? You want as many swings <laughs> at that ball as you can. Um, now, it, it's great if you can make your first-round picks hit, which I, I think right now you could say 20, 20 first-round picks of the Vikings have hit fairly well. Gladney is showing out in the last couple of games. J.J. is on trajectory to be Moss-level success. I mean, I'm, that's not, I'm not like locking him into that, but you look at what he's done this year, and it's, it's pretty impressive. <clears throat> so from the standpoint of talent coming in, I think you have – a lot of young talent, and it's proven, at least over these first eight games, you can see the tra- trajectory of this defense, which is basically missing some key points that, that Zimmer's never really had to not have. Um, so you can see all these young kids getting the opportunity, getting coached up well, and, and starting to actually lock into where they should be and, and lock into um, playing, in, in the case of the corners, playing the rec- these receivers, they're, they're in better positions. They're actually now making the plays. They're keeping things in front of them. Um, in the the D-line, you're seeing the edge guys get pressure. You're seeing the interior guys make some moves and get pressure. And then the linebackers, like I said, you're seeing Eric Wilson step up and make a lot of plays and, and understanding more of what the opponents are trying to do and taking it away effectively. So you're seeing all these young guys grow up, and you're seeing the expendability of some of these other guys. Right, so you see, Irv Smith. The last couple of games, he's had increased increased volume of, of targets, especially this last game. Um, so maybe that makes the Kyle Rudolph expendable, and now you can't afford another piece to your O line. You know, maybe that's maybe that's straight off you get there. You, Shamar Stefan, you're looking at. I mean, maybe once Pierce gets back, he's expendable because some of the other young guys that, that are in the interior line 
um, come into the picture, and and that's a whole different dichotomy there. Um, then you're looking at, like I said earlier with Anthony Barr, maybe because Eric Wilson's doing so well, you can afford to approach Anthony Barr and be like, hey, listen, we can't pay you $15 million. We can pay 10 if you want to stick around. Otherwise, we might just have to say, you know, thanks for your services. We'll see you later. Go go knock on the Jets store they wanted you a couple years ago. Um, so I absolutely think that this team has enough pieces in place right now, enough young pieces in place, and enough pieces that will be in place in 2021 that this absolutely is a couple-year window here that we can continue to extend if we make the right moves and the right draft picks. But again, that's <laughs> sometimes it hits, sometimes it don't. You know, sometimes it's a Laquan Treadwell draft pick in there. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, it's 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 very interesting, and also the drafts the draft spot will be in. If we end up finishing in that eight and eight, nine and seven range, is going to be very interesting for what's going to be available, what's going to be the best help to the team, um, and how we secure that. And it's it's going to be a very very interesting offseason for a lot of different reasons. But I I think there's going to be so much turmoil that you might get a lot of really good value free agents in this offseason because of the restricted cap. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of big moves, a lot of surprising cuts and a lot of really good veterans that are out in the open free agency and if you think you're one or two pieces away maybe you throw you know a couple chunks of cash and be like hey let's do a one-year deal here come in here we, we think you're the last piece we need if it works out we'll extend you long term but if not you lost a year big whoop yeah well i mean it, it it's just uh it's good to get perspective i mean it, it's just it's tough to know where we're at right now, right? This team has uh, been all over the board. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I fully expect them to continue to do so the rest of the way. But, um, hell, I might as well be op- opportun- uh, optimistic uh, while while we can. So. By the way, I had the results of my searching on Riley Reef um, on PFF. Riley Reef has given up six pressures this year. Six pressures for credit to Riley Reef. So why don't you take a guess where that ranks, Mike? I don't care. Number one. Number one, Mike. Okay. Well, Number one. He has given up, that might change he has this given week. up zero sacks. Mike, who was he playing against last or two weeks ago? A pretty good D-line over there, right, in, in Green Bay side? They have oh, the game where we credit. literally handed it off the entire game? I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. Okay. It's hard to it's hard to give up a pressure when you run the ball every single time. I'm just saying, Mike. That, that, no, those things are they're literally. I mean, I'm just saying. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> what about this week? Uh, well, we got a Chicago team that's lost three in a row. Uh, they lost at the Rams, hosted the Saints, lost in overtime. And then at the Titans. So, um, you know, three teams that are all uh, decent football teams. And obviously Saints was in overtime. Titans game uh, was seven points at the end. I believe that game was not nearly as close as that score indicates. And then I don't honestly... Well, they, they lost the Rams by 14. And I'm pretty sure that was the nationally televised game where everyone was like, 
how the hell is Chicago five and one? So um, it's a team that's that's fallen off uh, lately. So they've got the Vikings this week. Then they've got a bye. Uh, it's kind of I don't know. I kind of think that they're they're going to struggle. They're going to lose. They're going to go into the bye licking the wounds and, and try to come out of that. And that's where I'm at. But I mean, what what do you know? What do you think about the Chicago team right now? Oh, man. I mean, their defense is still relatively decent. So, on some level, that's still that's still the concern. Um, but their offense is just abysmal. And I thought I thought Adam Gaze was supposed to be the offensive guy, right? Not Adam Gaze. Who am I thinking? No, Matt Nagy. Sorry. Was Adam Gaze there at one point? Yes. Okay, so I'm not crazy on that. Um but, yeah, I thought Matt Nagy was supposed to be an offensive guy, and here you see <laughs> absolute floundering in offense. So, um, I don't know, but it's a divisional game. Those those games are just always weird. So, honestly, and, and I would not be surprised if the Vikings get beat 28-10. to 10. I would not be surprised if the Vikings won 35-3. to 3. Just, It's at the Bears, so there's there's voodoo shit there. So, um, yeah. I, I can't even remember the last time we, we won at Chicago. Um, it's also Monday Night Football, so we got the whole primetime Kirk narrative again. Um, if Kirk has to hand off the ball 40 times and we get a win, I don't care. Um, but I don't know. It's On paper, we should win this game handily. But Vikings are favored, correct? I, I believe so, but even... Still, I if if I was forced to put money in this game, I don't know where I would put it. Okay, let me just say that because these divisional games, Chicago at Chicago, prime time. I don't know. Well, I, I think let me let me try to give you some optimism. So, uh, looking at the Bears, you said yeah, the defense is is still existent, right? Um, but I, I take a look at the rush defense, and prior to this week, this just this last week, where they gave up 92 rushing yards to the Titans and Derrick Henry, the six games before that, they had given up over 100 yards rushing. Okay, so, um, and then basically, the only two games before that, one of which they gave up 138, one they gave up 75. So, um in all but two games, they've given up over 100 yards rushing, one of which was 92. So they're, they're giving up yardage on the ground. And I look at Dalvin uh, possibly operating right now as he, he's running peak performance, right? This is, this is uh, you know, you got to be careful on, on how good he's running the ball right now, how, how far you take that. But, right. I mean, this is as good as we've seen a running back run, and we've seen the likes of Robert Smith, Adrian Peterson, um, you know, he's he's really doing it all. So well, I look well, at that. Just forget Chester Taylor in there, huh? Chester Taylor, of course, yeah. Um, but, you know, I look at that. I look at the confidence in the O-line um, and in Dalvin, and I think that that's what – listen, it's worked two weeks in a row. That's what I'm going to do if I'm Minnesota. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go down to Chicago, and I'm going to try to punch him in the mouth and run Dalvin for another 200. Um, I don't think you try to get cute. You don't try to get Kirk dropping back and, and expose Riley Reef to that, that pressure that he will inevitably give up. 
Um, I think you you hand the ball to Dalvin. You run, 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 run. Hopefully that opens up some safe passes like it did last week. Um, and I think that's the formula for victory. I mean, if it's worked the last two weeks, I mean, you'd be stupid not to give it a shot again. I mean, you look at week eight, it's it's Delvin Cook, 28 points, Green Bay, 22. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's he's playing on another level. So you feed, feed the hot hand right now, right? Congrats to all you that have Delvin Cook on their fantasy team because I'm sure you've destroyed the last couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. Worth about 40 points apiece, but uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I agree with you. It's you do it till they can prove you can they can stop it, and no one's proved they can stop it yet. I mean, you look at this, this retooled the line with Ezra Cleveland in there, which I don't think is going to give up a spot even when Elf and and Drew are are healthy. Um, so I don't know. I I, I like the chances. I, I definitely like where the O line and the running game is going. So how about another how about another three touchdowns for Delvin? Another yeah. 250 all-purpose yard performance. I mean, I think that's the formula, right? And then I think you look at the defensive side of things. Um, you had no Kenny Galladay last week. Um, you had a, a defense that was able to uh, gain some confidence. And now you look at the Bears, uh, a team that uh, potentially has David Montgomery as their running back. I think he's in concussion protocol. Obviously, you have some weapons on the offensive side and in, in Allen Robinson, one of the, uh, you know, premier receivers in, in the NFL. In my opinion, you have Jimmy Graham, a familiar face that we've seen from a variety of teams over the years. Uh, so you have some weapons, but you also have an offense that's not really rolling hot, right? So I think the defense can potentially continue to gain uh, some momentum, gain mm-hmm. some confidence before ultimately facing a Dallas team that is loaded, right? They, now, granted, Dak's gone, but you're probably going to have Andy Dalton back. And then you've got the likes of Zeke Elliott, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, right? They're they're loaded offensively. Now, they need a quarterback that's able to get them the ball. That's one thing, right? But there's still some weapons. There's still going to be some um, – it's another step, right? And I, I think this has laid itself out to gain confidence, confidence, confidence. Um, Carolina, again, Teddy, uh, McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Chris Samuel, right? You've, you've got a lot of these guys that – um, most teams in the NFL, right, with with the exception of probably like a Jacksonville, who we get the week after that, uh, are going to have superstar teams offensively. So um, I think it's a great opportunity for the defense to continue to build, shine, hopefully gain some momentum, experience. And hey, if if uh, if they're going to make a run at this thing, I think they got to win. They probably got to win. Well, at minimum, it's three of the next four, and in, in my opinion, I think you got to rattle off. I think you got to go four for four. I think you got to get yourself to seven and five, going with three of your final four on the road, including at Tampa, at New Orleans. Um, I think you got to go four for four here. Yeah, I think that that last game stretch there, especially when you're looking at potential of a Bears and a Detroit team, just playing spoiler at that point. Divisional games yeah. are weird, um, so. If, if the goal is still the playoffs, which, I mean, obviously it should be every year, but if that is still the goal that they're pushing for, they still think that's possible, they still think that's doable. I think you're That's the right. goal. I, I, I think I think you got to go win, 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 win. you got to go um, beat Chicago at Chicago. you got to get Dallas. 
beat Cal- beat Carolina, beat Jacksonville, then who knows? Maybe at that time you have enough healthy players where Tampa Bay doesn't seem so daunting, and um, these young cornerbacks got got some confidence in them, and they can make some plays and and break on a couple balls and maybe intercept Tom Brady a couple times. Um, who knows, man? That that week fourteen game could be could be a spicy one, you know. <laughs> Well, it could be some fireworks there. And listen, the the confidence there, right? You you still have some veterans, right? You you've got Harrison Smith, you've got uh, Thielen, Cousins, um, you've got players that have been there and want to win. They they want to just get in. They know anything can happen when you get into the playoffs, right? You you look at um, you look at that Eagles team, right? That uh, that won a Super Bowl. Um, you, you know, you you look at some of these teams that they had lost Wentz going into that playoff, right? And Nick Foles comes in and then they Mm -hmm. put it together. Teams with confidence can be dangerous, right? And I'm not going to jump to the playoffs, but what I am going to jump to is we've won two in a row. Now you've got Chicago. If you can, if you can kind of, you know, slash that demon, kill that demon and winning a primetime game on, uh, at Chicago, you've won three in a row. Now you got a Dallas Carolina Jacksonville home stretch. All of a sudden, as our confidence grows as a fan base, the players are just going to continue to build on that too, mm-hmm. right? And, and um, we've seen that happen. It's not just the NFL. It's all sports. When when teams start running hot, confident teams play better. And and I think that, uh, you know, I think there's an opportunity here for Minnesota to rattle off some wins. And um, for guys like you and I that, that uh, you know, ultimately hold out hope probably longer than others, I think it's fun. It's exciting. It, it gives us a reason to watch on Sundays or, or Mondays in this case. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's fun. Yeah, it's definitely been, uh, been a season of extremes so far. So hopefully we can hit one more extreme before the, the season's over, Mike. Yeah. We'll find out. Um, anything else we need to talk about or we just want to slide in predictions here, Mike, and wrap this puppy up? Uh, I don't think so. I think uh, predictions sounds uh, sounds like the way to go. And Mike, before we before we do that, is, are you aware that there is a very large animal on your wall? Right behind I am, you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure that you're okay. Didn't know if that was a home invader. It is not. It okay. is not. Predictions, Mike. What do you got? Well, you know, I've been wrong almost every damn week when I've been serious about the prediction. So I don't know that that tempts me to uh, to pick us to lose uh, intentionally. But I, I actually we've lost four in a row to Chicago. I don't know when the last time we won in Chicago was. Uh, we might have snuck one out three years ago, but we it's been a house of horrors overall. I know Paul Allen says he's only won like three times in his 20-some year career. Um, we just we don't win at Chicago often, and I think when I look at the Bears, yes, they've fallen off. They've lost three in a row, uh, but they have been against you know three relatively quality opponents, one of which went to overtime. There's still some talent there. Uh I just I can't in good faith pick us to go into Chicago and win. I wanna I'm, I'm remaining optimistic, but if I'm a betting man, I think I take Chicago to edge out a close game like 27-24, 24-21, something like that. Uh, I I just 
I hate going to Chicago, man. I, I can't I can't pick us to win. So you said Chicago edges is 27-24? Yeah. I think it's going to be like Chicago edges this, and this is, again, I think reverse psychology on my part. I think Chicago edges this 20-17. So very similar. Okay. Um, it's the same thing. It's, it's, it's the boogeyman here, and I just I pulled it up because I, I was curious. <clears throat> so let's see. So there's been 20 meetings, okay, obviously since um, 2020, right? Okay. Not 20 meetings, 20 away games. Um, we won in 20 or 2000, okay? We beat them 28 to 16. Our next win was in 2007, where we beat them 34 to 31. Is that the overtime one? Nope, we lost in overtime um, in 2009, 30-36. The last time we won in overtime was in 1999, where we won 27-24. We won in 2015 at the Bears, 23-20. I think that was uh, Blair Walsh, wasn't it? I don't know. I think that was like the, the first one where he had his first like fist pump because he like nailed like a 55-yarder for the win. As time was expiring, if, I not, if I'm not mistaken on that one. Um, yeah, sorry, I don't remember Blair Walsh for that. <laughs> we won in 2017, 20-17. Yeah, so it, is not, it has not been friendly to us uh, at Soldier Field. Um, just looking through here, when's the last time we won in November? In 11-1-2015, uh, we, we won in... Soldier Field. Uh, beyond that, it's been a while since we've won in November at Soldier Field. So, history's not on our side here, Mike. It's a tough place to play. So Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I hope we're wrong, right? Um, but I think... My prediction is, is intentionally reverse psychology, but it's history, man. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Monday night, so we get to uh, we get to watch football without really anger, except for your fantasy teams on Sundays, and then. Well, my fantasy uh, teams are doing great, man. Last three weeks, I think I've gone four and zero. Hey, there you go. So, it's uh, it's go. It, it's been it's been it's been a, it's been a nice little ride for me. This this uh, fantasy year, I'm, I'm coming back in a couple leagues. Nice, nice. I think I'm. I think I'm tied for second in uh, in our league that we're in together, or your league that you run. So you know, okay. I'm doing. I'm doing pretty good, Mike. All right. I lost. Uh, I lost in that league on the final play that mattered for Tampa Bay this week. So that was fun. I almost got that beat. Chris... I almost got beat because Nick Folk got 15 points. <laughs> yeah, I lost on that Chris Godwin like 10 yard completion on fourth and 40 or whatever it was, or third and. It was like third and thirty, and they threw with four minutes left. They threw that little center of the field completion to Godwin, then kicked the field goal to break the um, break the shutout. Or you know, mm-hmm. well, that completion to Godwin made me lose by a point and a half in my league. It's poor so. management. 
Fun stuff. All right. But that's going to do it for us. Scolders Podcast. It's... Yeah. You buckle up. It's it's about to start here. This, 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 this is where the ride begins. Yeah, we'll see. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. So, buckle up. It's about to be a wild ride. Um, like I said, that's it for us. So, Skull Vikes, we'll see you. Skull. <laughs>